Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Sometimes we talk about fighting our battles in life, but what happens if it's a battle that you simply cannot win? That was the case when we went up against sin and death and hell, but God sent us Jesus. Today we see that Savior stepping into the arena and doing battle with Satan for us. Our text this morning is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Our message is entitled, Jesus Went to War. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Our gospel lesson and the words of our sermon text from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He did not eat anything during those days. When they came to an end, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The devil led him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil told him, I will give you all this power and the glory of these kingdoms because it has been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, because it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it says, you shall not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority, both now and forevermore. Amen. My dear family in Christ, Some of the more poignant news items that have been coming from Ukraine these last days have been those showing everyday civilians suddenly taking up arms and going to the streets to defend their country. Last Wednesday morning, I received a news feed about one such young Ukrainian man. He's actually a member of our sister synod, the Ukrainian Lutheran Church. His father's a pastor. He decided to study for the ministry, and his studies brought him here to America, to our seminary in Wisconsin. He spent his third year of school, his vicar year, his apprentice year, if you will, down at our Wells Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then he returned to Ukraine. 
And now, like so many others, this young man is on the front lines. In spite of the fact that he has no military training whatsoever, determined to defend his country, he went to war. I'm sure he's well aware that they're fighting against a much bigger enemy with much more firepower, but still, with a brave heart, he traded his robe for a rifle, and he went to war. So did Jesus. And talk about a formidable foe. Satan had kidnapped the entire human race that God had made in his own image when he led Adam and Eve into sin in the Garden of Eden. And day after day, like a prowling lion, looking, prowling around, looking for someone to devour, this enemy of ours is on the attack. There was no one strong enough to go to war against Satan. No one strong enough to break the chains and bring freedom to a world of sinners held hostage by his evil. So God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Jesus, our Savior, came down from heaven and went to war. It was the ultimate battle of good versus evil. And today, we're able to stand there through the words of this text and watch as the light of the world goes toe-to-toe with the prince of darkness. Let's take a closer look at this text and find comfort this morning in knowing, friends, that Jesus went to war. And we need to know that he went to war for us. Jesus, we're told, was led by the Holy Spirit out into the Judean wilderness where for 40 days, for 40 days, he's tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those times. Now, notice that Jesus did not open himself up recklessly to Satan's attack like we so often do. It's not that Jesus was flirting with evil and and got a little too close to it like we often do. No, we're told Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It was God's will that this battle take place. So here's the key to this entire text, friend. The, The most important point of this whole text is that today we see Jesus, our great substitute, going to fight our battle. Going to war is our substitute perfectly resisting temptation and living the perfect life that we haven't lived so that he can take his holiness, his perfect record, and credit it to our account. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Most of us can scarcely imagine 40 hours, let alone 40 days. During that time, Jesus was sustained by his heavenly Father. When Jesus came down from heaven to live as our brother, he entrusted himself entirely into the care of his heavenly Father. Well, at the end of those 40 days, understatement of the year, our text says Jesus was hungry. And it's just then that Satan stopped by once again to take another swing. 
if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Look, Jesus, you and I both know that that you're the Son of God. Here we are out in the middle of nowhere. You have to be famished after all that fasting. Well, Jesus, it doesn't look to me like your Heavenly Father is providing for you and sustaining you the way that you trusted He would. So why wait? You're hungry. Maybe your Heavenly Father has other things He's doing right now. There's no harm in it. Why don't you just turn this stone into bread? These temptations that Jesus faced were very real temptations. Imagine how tempting that must have sounded to Jesus. Interesting, isn't it, that food was what Satan used to lead Adam and Eve into sin in the Garden of Eden, and here we find him tempting Jesus with some food. But it didn't work on Jesus. Our Savior is perfectly faithful. He beat Satan back with the Word of God, pointing him to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and quoting from Scripture, saying, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see what Jesus is saying? He's saying there is something more important than our bodily lives. The Lord our God sustains us not just by providing for our body, but providing the nourishment of his word, the gospel that points us to Jesus, his life-giving promises that keep us alive for an eternity. So take matters into my own hands, Satan. Display a sinful lack of trust in my Father to provide? Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. But what I want you to understand, friends, is that Jesus did that for you. Jesus went to war for you and won. He furnished you with that perfect obedience. He trusted his heavenly Father for every single time that you haven't trusted the promises that God made to you in writing here in the Bible. Jesus showed a a perfect satisfaction with the way in which the Heavenly Father chose to take care of him for all of the times that you and I have been unsatisfied with God's blessings, when we have grumbled and complained, feeling as though God gave us the short end of the stick. Jesus went to war for you and won. Satan wasn't finished. The devil led him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time, the devil told him, I will give you all this power and all and the glory of these kingdoms because it has been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Satan lies. In fact, Jesus calls him the father of lies. In fact, his name, devil, literally means liar. Satan claims for himself power and glory that only belong to the Lord our God. In Psalm 24, verse 1, the Bible says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. But notice the temptation that Satan brings before Jesus here. He's claiming that he can give Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth. Why was it that Jesus came down from heaven in the first place? To win sinners back to his Father, to reconcile us to our God, to buy us back. Now, Jesus knew that that would take going to the cross, and Satan here is tempting him. Look, you don't want to have to go through all that pain and misery and suffering, do you, Jesus? I'll give it to you right now. All you have to do is simply to bow down and worship me. 
But Jesus stood steadfast, once again turned Satan back with the word of God. He said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus did that for you. He faced that temptation and won for you. Instead of bowing down and giving worship and glory that only belonged to the Lord, Jesus turned Satan back. He perfectly kept that first commandment that says, you shall have no other gods. And in so doing, he furnished you with the righteousness that you need. Jesus is your perfect substitute for every single time that you have bowed down to worldly riches or earthly cares or sinful pleasures, for every time that you have put anyone or anything ahead of the Lord your God and have asked him to take a distant second or have neglected him altogether. Jesus obeyed this law perfectly for you. Satan took one more swing. Since Jesus claimed to trust the Lord his God, his heavenly Father, Satan decided to capitalize on that. He told them to put his money where his mouth was, and suddenly they're standing on the peak of the temple in Jerusalem. Now it's said that the peak of that temple back in Jesus' day, down to the floor of the Kidron Valley below, would have been a distance of over 100 feet. You trust your father, Jesus? Throw yourself down. Let's see if your father rescues you. He said in Psalm 91, as we sang earlier, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Once again, Jesus went to war for us and won, refusing to misquote Scripture, to kind of dare God, his Father, to take care of him. Jesus turned Satan back, quoting from Deuteronomy 6. He said, you shall not test the Lord your God. Jesus went to war for you, and he won. Please realize how much was at stake there in the wilderness. If Jesus had caved in, if Jesus had failed to resist Satan's temptations here or at any other time during his life lived for us, if Jesus had bowed down or jumped down or even got down to make some bread out of, out of that stone, if he had sinned in any way, even once, ever, then Jesus would not be qualified to be our Savior then everything that we have been banking on and hoping for and living for would have been lost. And we could not praise him today as our Savior. But Christ is our champion. And we are saved and his victory is ours and the kingdom is ours forever. Well, if he can't overthrow the king then Satan will concentrate his efforts on stealing away the citizens of his kingdom. That's us. Just like Jesus here in this text, we often find ourselves struggling against temptation. And as we watch Jesus battling Satan's temptations, not only are we filled with this blessed joy and comfort in knowing that Jesus went to war for us and won, but here he also gives us the strength that we need and the tools that we need to overcome those same temptations in our lives. 
Brothers and sisters, the the victory is ours in Christ Jesus, so why would we want to live our life like losers? We are more than conquerors in Christ, and our conquering champion here equips us with some wonderful tools to fight against temptation. Satan likely won't come and tempt you to turn stones into bread, but he will come in moments when you are most vulnerable, and he will tempt you to stop trusting your God. He will tempt you to stop trusting his providing for you or his care for you or his promises to you. He will come and plant thoughts in your head like, look, take care of yourself. No one's going to do this for you. It's all resting on you. Don't be generous with others. Don't give generously back to the Lord. You've got to keep all you can for yourself. You've got to start taking matters into your own hands here. Look, the Lord will understand. Satan may not come to you and ask you to bow down and worship him, but he will place a thousand worldly things in front of you, like money or power, prestige, your own sinful desires, your popularity, your work, or some forbidden fruit, and he will slowly convince you that they are actually more pressing, more fulfilling, and more fun than serving the Lord your God faithfully. Satan may not come and ask you to jump down from the peak of our church roof to dare God to take care of you, but he will tempt you to play fast and loose with God's grace. Why are you trying to follow the Lord's will so carefully? Look, Jesus died for your sins. He'll forgive you. Loosen up a little bit. Live on the edge. God will still be there for you. You can worry about him another time. You've got a life to live. You don't need all that attention to his word. How are we going to fight against those sins and stay faithful? By looking to the one who went to war for us. What did Jesus do when Satan came to tempt him? He turned Satan back by quoting from the word. It is written... It is written, it is written, Jesus said. Three times tempted, three times responding by citing God's word. Think maybe we could learn from that? Friends, it is our lifelong endeavor to know God's word, the Bible, more and more thoroughly. There are all kinds of blessings that come to us when we do that. We certainly find more comfort in our struggles in this life as we focus on the grace that he has shown us, but one of the blessings is that then we become equipped with the word of God to turn back Satan and his empty lies and his his promises. That way when Satan comes calling with those, those kinds of deadly temptations, we can recall what the Bible says about that very specific situation, and we can say, no, Satan, the Bible says... So be gone. Satan left Jesus, we're told, until an opportune time. Because Satan is an opportunist. Because Satan is pure evil. Because Satan wants as many people to be miserable down in hell with him forever as possible. Satan is constantly looking to lead us astray. 
how important for us this morning to remember that Jesus won. And now just think. You robed in the perfect righteousness of Christ, a righteousness that God has credited to you by faith in Christ Jesus, stand with that perfect record, holy in God's sight. When God looks at you, he sees not the sin and the failures that have messed up your life, but he sees rather the perfect obedience of the Christ in whom he has led you to put your trust. And now you are able to stand before God without fear because you have Jesus' perfect record. You are free from Satan's accusations. You are free from Satan's hellish prison. You are free from Satan's dreaded tyranny. And believer, you are free to serve this Jesus, the one who went to war for you and handed you his victory. Amen.